is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! Hello and welcome to Notorious Podcast, the infamous. I am your host, John Bass, and I'm joined once again by my best friend, Gary Roy Smith. Hello, mate. How, How are, are you? you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. We went out good. for a lovely Italian last night, didn't we, mate? Yeah, it was so good. Um, yeah, it was It was very good, mate. Very good. I feel a little bit fragile this morning. Mm, linguini gamberi for mm, Big John. Mm, yes. Mm. Lovely stuff. And a pizza for me. Mm, pizza pie for Stunning. Gary. Stunning. Um, way too much. Yeah, um, we we said we we're going to stick to um, one pod a month, so this is your um, pod for Feb. But we've actually um, managed to tie another date in for February, end of Feb. So there'll be another pod coming out before the end of the month. Um, yeah, we're going to um, squeeze in a couple of specials as well. So we've been talking about um, doing some UK albums. So we'll do some <clears throat> classics from the grime scene, some classics from UK hip hop. Um, we're also going to do some other albums, just like classic albums from kind of um, our lifetime. So there'll be like soul records on there. There might be like um, R&B records on there. Um, and we'll get guests on who that's their favourite album. And they want to come and talk about it. So we've got some interesting guests um, hopefully lined up. Um, we've got Tony D. Poison coming on. Uh, very soon. Yeah, so, what are we gonna do, Tony? I'm not sure. He's gonna he's gonna come with some suggestions. Um, we're also gonna have uh, Thelonious Filth is gonna come on. We're gonna do Ready to Die. So, um, big up to you boys. We'll get uh, some dates in the diary. We'll get that sorted very soon. So, yeah, um, looking forward to that. Be really good, really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this week's episode is uh, Mob Deep's The Infamous, which is um, both of our like one of our favorite albums. Um, Mob Deep was sort of one of the first groups I remember Gaz you had on vinyl yeah. I think it was Free mm. Agents yeah it was Free Agents uh, which was back released back in 2003 um, but I had it on vinyl I can't remember I think I um, I think I uh, I mean of course really liked Mob Deep but I particularly liked that album yeah it's just classic Mob Deep and um yeah, I had it on vinyl, which is nice and authentic as well. Always sounds better. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of the things definitely. where we like didn't grow up like living through this era, and like we're looking at it. And we talk about it before on the pod. Like we're looking at a lot of hip hop retrospectively because mm. we were were really young when these albums were out, like ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. So we sometimes stumbled across artists like later in their catalogue. Like that album was the first time I'd really heard Mob Deep properly. Yeah, yeah. And then we were like, oh, they've got all these other albums. And we started listening sure. to those. And it was yeah. like, fucking hell, these are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and we kind of got into Mob Deep in a big way then. I think they were the first like artists that me and you, in terms of hip-hop, really both mm. got in the same wavelength. Yeah, I used to uh, cane their Murder Music album. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And it, I just I can see the CD in my car now. Yeah. Like, that I just used to absolutely smash it. Amazing. Is The yeah. Realist on that album? Yeah, yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alchemist B. That, album. that is un- fucking sick. But they've always, like... For me, Mob Deep have always maintained a very certain sound. Like, yeah. They've, like, they've stuck to what they want to make yeah and like that's the way like it's so recognizable this the mob deep sound yeah yeah we're, when we're going to get into talking about like havoc's production mm. um and some of the other producers that they've worked with on this album the infamous um, and more general stuff as well but just yeah. before we um just before we get into the album um i want to do like a little section um on each pod where we just sort of talk about what's going on in, in hip-hop and I'm, I'm not talking about like what fucking travis scott's up to that's not hip-hop that's trap um, so we're talking about like hip hop, uh, the golden era. So what's going on in, in that world? So this uh, this week was uh, Jay Dilla's birthday. Um, great. So yeah. it's always good to celebrate the great man. Um, I'm sure anyone who listens to this pod's aware of who Jay Dilla is, but if they weren't, um, he is, to put it bluntly, one of the greatest mus- musicians of all time. Absolutely, yeah. Not and his story hip-hop. is one of the greatest stories of all time. You know, yeah. In, in any genre yeah you know, i think forget hip-hop but in any music genre for definite and he's worked with like some of the very best artists in hip-hop and r&b and soul 
is an amazing, uh, like genuine genius of music and the craft and skill of his music is what makes it so timeless and yeah. like brilliant. Um, what's your favourite like Dilla like beats, mate, or albums? Or because like, you introduced me to Donuts, and yeah, the first sure. time I heard it was I think in your car, and I was like, holy fuck, this yeah, is unreal, it's incredible. Um, Jay Love Japan um, for me, I love. Yeah, um, believe in God. Yeah, believe in God. What a exactly. fucking tune. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Come on on the playlist yeah, last night before yeah. we went out. It's yeah. just like. Yeah, J Love Japan, uh, Rough Draft. Yeah. Um, with equals MC squared. Yeah. I love that that's, beat. It's um, just so good. What's his name? Black Thought. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, oh mate, where do you where do you stop? And there's still material coming out from the great man as well. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of pioneers out there for him, aren't there? And um, do you remember when we went to that J Diller oh, Appreciation Day? So who, who was good. it? Was on the decks. It was in East London, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Russ Ryan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Fucking brilliant! One. Amazing, it was so he's, good. Because what's so amazing about Dilla's stuff is like he where he uses a lot of samples and stuff, but he really like chops them up. But sometimes he just keeps them exactly the same and just yeah. adds like a very small detail. Yeah. And so like Russ Ryan's mix was amazing because he was going from like the original samples to the to the Dilla versions, and they're like they're so seamlessly blended, That's although right, they're yeah. so different. Like it's amazing. Was like, it Mr. Fingers as well? Wasn't Mr. He? Fing, Mr. Fing. Mr. Fing. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he was he was DJing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was yeah epic. But yeah, love we, to go to another one of them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that I think actually it's this weekend, isn't it? They have like yeah. um this tonight. Usually they do an event in London, or Jazz like Cassette, yeah, it? something like that. Mm. And there's all these Diller events you can go to. But yeah, yeah, amazing. I'm sure we'll do some Diller albums at some point as well. Mate, sure. um, yeah, we should. Um, there's another uh, gentleman who's going to come on the pod, a guy called Camby, um, who's also got his own. Um, pod series that's going to be coming out fairly soon called Escalator Style um, so look out for that because I'm going to be featuring on, on there as well Great. so keep keep your ears out for that people and we'll, we'll promote that on this pod as well because it's, it's, it's basically like almost like a documentary series so people talking about their um, about hip hop basically and it's um, it's going to be really interesting Great. interviews and, and various different things so keep an eye out for that we'll, like I said we'll promote that on this pod mm. um, also this week it was the 19th anniversary of Big Pun's death Gaz yeah um true legend really yeah uh, you know what can you say you know one of the again one of the pioneers in terms of you know really sort of setting puerto rican style puerto rican sound um from you know new york background and yeah legend yeah incredible Hero, and also my um my body inspiration so. <laughs> sure it's, it's a good body <laughs> inspiration to have body double yeah and there's a picture floating around of him when he was like 19 and he's a complete ultimate like he's slim and he's like tall and he's just like really handsome and yeah, he's just sure. absolutely eaten like 3,000 litres of New York grease slice, yeah, not yeah dieted on New York slices mm. so yeah big Which pun is a bit like you mate really in a lot of ways I am very much like big pun mm. uh, incredible wordplay and fat mess <laughs> that's general um, <laughs> but fat yeah mess true. but big pun's incredible and again I know there's a few um, people that have sort of mentioned us on the pod doing um, big pun like you know, capital punishment. Capital or, punishment. So for sure, that that will definitely get done. So don't worry, big pun fans. We will be touching on some big pun at some point. So very this soon. is like this is another East Coast album, isn't it? I bet, I suppose Infamous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I suppose we've done what two West Coast now? Snoop, yeah, Snoop, two thousand and one. Yep. So we've done a couple of those, and then obviously we've done like thirty six chambers. Uh, we did two packs also West Coast. Sure. Um, so we've done yeah three West Coast and and a, and a couple of East Coast. We're um, gonna do um, Nas as well, of course, with Paul. If we can, yeah, if we can we, Paul. we're gonna get none the wiser yep. to come on and do um, yeah Illmatic probably definitely, which would be great. Yeah, and then um, I mentioned Thelonious. He was talking about potentially doing, and I think it's a, a great shout. We'll probably have him on twice because I think it'd be well, more, more than twice. But I think it'd be great because he was talking about doing an Outca- Outcast album great. like Quemini or, yeah, or something yeah. like that. So. Which I think is great because we haven't really done any of the South rappers yet, mm. you know. Because I'd, I'd quite like to do Scarface as well at yeah. some point. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to 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 do that. So, all right, well, let's get stuck into um, this week's episode. As I mentioned, like um, for Gaz and I, Mob Deep are like one of our favourites in in hip hop. Um, so you know, for us, it's like it's time to get stuck into into their debut or their second album. We'll talk about how it's, there's a confusion with that being their first album. Yeah, the um, first one was a flop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, essentially a flop that everyone forgets about, including yeah. me when I wrote this running order. <laughs> and I was like, hang on a minute, 
haven't they got us another album? And then we looked into it, and they have. So we got we got you know a little bit of research we did there on that album. So we'll talk about that. But as usual, if, if this is your first time listening to the pod, we always do a section called Murder Statistics, where we basically give you just the facts and the stats and all, all the information you need to know to give you some background on the particular album. So um, this is going to be your uh, Murder Stats for the Infamous. These are your Murder Statistics for the Infamous by Mob Deep. The Infamous is the second studio album by the American hip-hop duo Mob Deep. It was released on April 25th, 1995 by Loud Records. The album features guest appearances by Nas, Raekwon, Ghostface Killer and Q-Tip, who also contributed to its production and mixing. Embedded with hyper-visual lyricism, dark soundscapes, gritty narratives and hard beats, it marked Mob Deep's transition from a relatively unknown rap duo to an influential and commercially successful one. Upon its release, the Infamous achieved notable commercial success, debuting at number 15 on the US Billboard 200 and number 3 on the top R&B hip-hop album charts. On June 26, 1995, the album was certified gold by the Record Industry Association of America. The album produced four singles, Shook Ones Part 2, Survival of the Fittest, Temperatures Rising and Give Up the Goods, which all achieved varying degrees of chart success, with Shook Ones Part 2 being the most critically and commercially successful. Those are your murder statistics for Mob Deep's The Infamous. Peace! Okay, mate, so what's um, what's standing out to you about those stats and facts? Anything interesting, shocking? Well, it's it's massively successful album, isn't it, mate? There's um, a mention in there as well about Q-Tip's mm. involvement mm. Um, in the album. Like, it's just another album Q-Tip's involved in, you know, yeah. just labelling him the god that he is, basically. Yeah. But um, I didn't realise, I started looking into doing a little bit more research on the album and discovered that, um, you know, he was actually quite instrumental in bringing Mob Deep through um, because um, when they were trying to break it um, trying to break into music um, they would take their demo cassettes effectively stand outside record labels so they'd get all of the addresses from other albums that were were out at the time and go to take their demo tapes to labels fucking hell and um, they were giving cassettes out and they actually gave a cassette to Q-Tip who helped like bring them Fuck, through? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, which is like I didn't realise that. So you know, it's it's great that he's then involved in the in the album as well. Yeah, man, that's really cool. I um the thing that kind of um, interested me again when I was doing research for this album is that so they ended up signing. So they had basically a flop with their first album, which didn't go anywhere, and they got dropped by their original label. Right. Yeah. And then. Uh, Loud, who they ended up signing with and releasing this album, um, were looking for another group because they'd had so much success in '93 with uh, Wu Tang. Wu Tang, yeah, yeah. And then obviously, like a couple of years later, they're like, right, we need a follow up to this, and they um, came across like Mob Deep, right? And that's how this album came about. So I just find it amazing that there's an era in time like Loud Records have have discovered like two of the greatest like uh, hip hop groups of all time yeah it's not a bad resume in a couple of years yeah, like, that's yeah. an amazing yeah, feat yeah. of that that era of hip hop was just so rich totally. with incredible artists like, I thought that was quite cool like how you know it's the same same label and, and, and that to me is just really like you know a bit of fanboying yeah. a little bit but it's kind of cool two ma- iconic <laughs> hip hop groups yeah. Yeah. yeah and like it's a bit of an ongoing joke that um, basically I think that 36 Chambers is like the best hip hop album ever but the more that I've like over the years the more that I've got into Mob Deep and this particular album mm. the more I just think like this album would be well up there in terms of sure. being able to test any hip hop album like if you break it down to all the like component parts like this album's just fucking amazing yeah um, which is one of the reasons I wanted us to do it and and obviously we both love it so it's perfect yeah there's some real standout things as well you know the album being produced by the majority in part by um, uh, Havoc yeah and you know that's that's really interesting in itself yeah. so you know he did most of it and he was 19 they were 19 again we, like, we talk about age but so young to be producing such like iconic um, f- forward thinking yeah. you know hip hop is just like amazing it's yeah. incredible to get your head around that yeah mate for sure so what's um, I mean we touched on it a little bit there already but like what's your um, sort of overall feeling about the album because like Mob have got a lot of classics um, but this album for most people anyway like is their standout album so like what what's your kind of yeah like your early memories of it what's your overall kind of view and feeling of the album mate you have to you have to just 
nod to Shukwan's part too. You know, you just have to. There's yeah. no, you know, for a lot of people, it is their absolute favorite hip hop. Yeah. I think someone mentioned on Twitter, didn't they? It's yeah. like their absolute favorite hip hop tune, full stop. Yeah. And actually, you know, you just have to nod to that record. And of course, it was on this album. Yeah. Um, indeed, Survival of the Fittest as well. You know, it's just one of the one of the iconic hip hop tracks. So, you know, for me, that's why it has to be up there. You yeah. know, really is it just carries such flagship tunes doesn't it yeah mate that's that's a great shout I, th- I think you're right in the sense of like um, Shook One's Part 2 has sort of transcended like the album it's one of those tr- and, and I think part of the reason for that is it was used in 8 Mile yeah sure in yeah, like their famous battle scenes and it was one of those if you already knew it you were like fucking hell like Eminem's like because like, he's stated before that he's a massive Mob Deep fan yeah and it, for, for a lot of people particularly you know being blunt, a lot of people from the suburbs who weren't necessarily into hip hop massively, but liked Eminem. In the UK, in the UK, in the UK, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. only talk about like yeah, kind of people sure. that we knew. It gave them like, oh, what's that instrumental? What's that beat? And then yeah, people sure. would find the original and then be like, oh my god, like that's that same song, and and that helped them, I think, to kind of give them a little bit more of a wider audience yeah. of people getting into it. It was kind of annoying though because I was DJing at the time, and it was like then known as you know I had Shook One's Part Two on on vinyl. Mm. But it was then kind of known as the eight, eight the, mile, the eight mile thing, yeah, and it's exactly. like, well, not really. It's yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try again. And that's the that's the thing now is like, there's enough time passed where that's not that comparison's not made anymore. Yeah. And people recognise that actually, no, this tune existed for years, yeah, years yeah. and years and years before, and was an absolute street anthem. Um, totally. And and that's the thing for me. Like, it's just the album is is just incredible in terms of, and I've spoken about it before about Wu-Tang a little bit in terms of like this time period in New York like the gloominess the grittiness like the kind of darkness and it, it so it's we're in the early 90s yeah yeah so like 93 yeah. to like 94 5 90, yeah 94 95 it's just like this yeah it paints this picture of like that it's always fucking raining and that it's cold and that it's hard yeah, and yeah that it's you've a hard got, place to be you've got to survive and, and mob, mob talk about it quite a lot about like um, you know like Mob come prepare for warfare beware like it's it's yeah. like it's very militarized definitely um, and, and I, drugs of course yeah, is exactly. a big part of their reference as well you know I yeah. think you know so I think the album sums up that era really well in street terms of darkness it? yeah, like yeah, say, street, an, street anthem and also like Shook Ones you know it's the it's like you were saying mate but it is the battle anthem isn't it mate totally you know it's like whenever there was a serious battle rap to be had yeah Typically, that would be the go-to instrumental, even before the eight miles. Yeah, I mean, it was just like it's like the ultimate simple instrumental, which enables a rapper, not a rapper. So I'm not speaking from experience, but I would imagine that it's so easy to flow over, and you know, enables you to kind of really focus your your mind, sort of thing, almost that aggression side of it. Yeah, like without getting too technical about it, that's one of the things I think that's so appealing about like Mob Deep and what suits both of them as rappers is Havoc's production is quite spacious mm. but there is a lot of space for you to do what you need to do and their, their actual like rhyme schemes and approach is really different to each other yeah. but yet it fits, they both fit perfectly yeah. and I think that's why you hear a lot of Mob Deep instrumentals for other rappers because sure. people love it because it's just, it's just his beats are amazing to, to flow over but yeah, um, of course. when when did you um, first come across this album mate? can you remember? Um I really don't, mate. Because like, you had this on CD. I did. I had it yeah. on CD. I had this Murder Music on CD. Mm. <laughs> so weird. Uh, CD. <laughs> um, driving around in shit red. Yeah, um, the classic. So Gaz had a mini one, and it was the best car any of us had by miles. Have we mentioned it? Have we, we haven't talked about it. No, we, we did about the, the Blue Corsa. Yeah. So after the Blue Corsa, Gaz got a really nice, like, brand new Mini. It fucking cost me 10 grand. It was loads of money. And at the time... I didn't have that money. Like, yeah, at the time it was like, fucking hell, Gaz got a brand new car. <laughs> but because it was, like, brand new and it was Gaz, like, we just gave him shit about it. And so one, annoying. One day, one of the lads, uh, Nick Shiv, basically just went, like, you were giving him shit about his Mariva. <laughs> and he went, shut up, Gaz. At least I haven't got shit red. Yeah. 
Um, just <laughs> <laughs> and it's stuck. So Gaz's like second car, which was a really nice brand new Mini, was referred to forever as shit red. And that was annoying because it cost me ten grand. <laughs> so cheers, which, cheers for that. Which at like at nineteen was a shit ton of cash. If so. you're listening, mate, you paid five hundred quid for a fucking Renault Five, which you crashed into other people on a regular basis at, at Barnfield <laughs> College. And also once that um, shit Clio that you had, it had a like a horn. You know, like the. Um, like hand mounted horn so it wasn't in the middle of the <laughs> the um, yeah it was on the end unit. of the store yeah it was on the end of the thing and um, for a bit of banter we were driving past some girl because I'm a real misogynist I just like bashed it like to toot her but it got stuck so <laughs> and we were miles from home so we were driving for like half an hour just going <laughs> it was savage and like the only way it would stop is obviously like when you'd like you'd literally take the battery out <laughs> So he had to drive it to a garage and get it sorted out. Oh, the rats. A fucking disaster. But um, yeah, but uh, that, yeah, back yeah. to Mob Deep. So yeah, yeah that's, that's basically where... So I had that on CD, I had Murder Music on CD, and I and pretty much wore those CDs out, I mm. think. Yeah, and, and, and Free Agents. I never had Free Agents on CD, but no, I think, I think just that and switching between them really, mate. I mean, but like you said earlier, the Free Agents was my first let's say introduction to Mob Deep yeah. at which point I went went backwards it's basically the same story as what we, meant, yeah. what we mentioned earlier yeah definitely um, yeah I mean I think that, yeah the first time I came across the album Infamous was, was in your car in Shit Red and I remember just like because again at that time we were like really getting into hip hop and we were like just essentially like these albums for most people they knew about these albums they were oh yeah. but like we were discovering them like for the first time yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, exactly. We know that they're legendary, but we just we didn't live through that time, so we no, we always no. experiencing a lot of these albums retrospectively. And it's just like I remember just listening to it and just being like, this is fucking incredible. Like, yeah. like the lyrics were just so vivid, and like the beats were so like grimy and just like proper aggressive. Like it did really make you feel like because that's what for me like hip hop is amazing because you you kind of put yourself in the shoes of these characters. Sure. So even though we're just essentially like. You know, like young lads who grew up in a suburb. Like we, so we haven't lived that life. It's like any story. Like you put yourself into the main character, don't you? Think how would I be in that situation? Of course. And that's what I think is the mastery of like this album. It's yeah. like it really is so vivid about what they're living through, and it, you totally. do put yourself in that shoes, which is which is really cool. But it's a hard listen, though, isn't it? I mean, it yeah. is a hard listen. Like there are certain there are certain tracks and. Oh, I don't know. As amazing as they are, they're so it's so aggressive. Yeah, you wouldn't put them on at a party, put it that way. You wouldn't. You wouldn't <laughs> like thinking about murder music. Certain tunes that spring into my mind. You have got things like Quiet Storm. Yeah. And um, also the Realist is one yeah. that we often talk about, mate. You know, yeah. with Cool G Rap, it's just like yeah, it's one of the most incredible instrumentals and beats but very hard to listen to yeah I think their whole back catalogue is there's a, there's one or two that you would play in a club like we um, talk about out of control yeah yeah like, and stuff like that um, they're, we were listening to that in clubs yeah exactly so there are they have got some bangers but um, I just think it's like especially on the infamous it's very much about like what real hip hop is about which is yeah. like storytelling street, street reporting. reporting yeah which is really cool so talking about that what are your favourite tracks from this album mate um you know, again, we find we find that we do this a lot, but let's remove shook ones from that yeah, equation because yeah, it's almost it's like, just go to and and yeah. it's kind of the the king of the mm. track on the album. So aside from that, survival of the fittest, yeah, um, it's, it's got to be my favourite. Yeah, mate, it's a fucking tune. A lot of people I know, um, big up man like Hugo, who's been on the pod before. Um, I think he said to me, "This is that's basically his like favourite." Hip hop, oh, really? yeah. it's pretty much. I think that's what. He's, if if my memory serves me correct, I'm sure you'll correct me. Um, but yeah, that tune's absolutely incredible. Yeah, like for me, that's better than shit ones. Really? Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. think it's, it's fair enough. It's amazing. It's They're enough. very similar tracks, and obviously. There's a sample taken from Survival of the Fittest, which is actually used as the hook on trip ones. Exactly. Um, and all that. But, no, I, um, I completely understand why you'd say that. Right? Yeah. You know. I just think it's amazing. And then aside from that... Um, so, I, so just... So just yeah, go on. Quest, quick question for you, mate, on Shook Ones. If it hadn't got its kind of mainstream appreciation, mm. do you think you'd view that differently if you, you know, say, for example, it was an album track? Such a good question. Yeah, probably I would. Mm. Because I, I, and it's so harsh because it's ridiculous, really, but they always get tainted when they become massive. I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, that's brilliant, because everyone loves it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's not good on the same 
tip, if you know what I mean. Like sure, it's, yeah. It's obviously an incredible record, and it's that that opening, like when it just goes. Yeah, yeah. When you hear that and it comes on for the first time, like it does make my hair stand up. Yeah, on yeah, like it's too, just yeah. fucking amazing. You're just like, it's like really some, piercing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, like, it's such a unique sound. It's just fucking incredible. Yeah, like yeah. I love that. So yeah, it's still it still be like one of those records. I just think real hip hop heads will love that forever. That's right. It's just amazing. But yeah, so from that, um, and the always, sample the sample was te- the baseline was taken from a song called Jessica. Mm, good knowledge. So it was a good sample from Havoc. Who's yeah. it? Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock. Amber, yeah. Herbie Hancock. Have you got um, just play a little bit of um, that that intro of um, Shook One's Part Two because I just love that so yeah. much. And- So you know, I un- completely understand what you're saying about Shook Ones, mate. Um, I do, but it's yeah. folklore. Yeah, it? mate, totally. Um, and then my other tracks I really enjoy on there are um, the start of the ending, which is basically the first track. Yeah. Because again, I just think it sets the tone. It's really, um, again, it's really vivid of exactly what it's talking about. Yeah. And that's obviously like their, their street and all the rest of it. Like, it's really good. Uh, give up the goods. Because um, for me, that is just like it's such a, a roller of a tune, and, and it's like. It's one of those. I know. I know it's a bit panned, but if you've ever seen the Entourage movie, like like Turtle is like a massive hip hop head from yeah, New York, yeah. and he's just cruising around the whip, and th- that's playing in the background. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And it's just such a roller, and I'm just thinking, yeah, like I just want to be somewhere baller with like the roof down playing that because it's just absolute G. The guy that scored Entourage oh, he's is just, a hero. He's just a hero in my eyes. I yeah. can't remember his name now, but wow, what like, a guy! He knew what he was doing, didn't he? Yeah, he must be a massive hip hop fan as well. Yeah, and also um, just a, a shout out because on Give Up the Goods, um, Big Noid is fucking incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm the R A double P E R N O Y D. Brothers can't fuck with me. Like it's fucking epic verse. Um, and party over, which is the last track, is is, is a really good one. Yeah, they're, they're all they're all great. Yeah, it's great. Cradle, Cradle to the grave as well. Yeah, like amazing. Just keep going. Right? Um, yeah, just Brilliant. so many good albums so, and uh, so many good tracks in that album. So like, I think one of the reasons that any album is good is because of its production. Yep. Um, what are, you, what are you saying about the production sound? We, we mentioned at the beginning that you know majority is Havoc, Havoc's uh, being part of Queensbridge and, and, and through their relationship with Q-Tip, Q-Tip ends up getting involved. So, well, like, what's your kind of overall view, mate, of like the production and, and kind of Havoc more specifically? Um, I would use um, some descriptive words that you used earlier, mate. Really, space spatial, you know, spacious. Yeah. Um, it's quite quite a kind of loose putting together of samples um, and without meaning um, any disrespect like kind of a simple um, sort of composition in terms of an, an instrumental you yeah. know it's kind of like just very very well put together but you know it's all about just keeping things simple and I've mentioned it before but I love like rolling piano loops and yeah. you know have used those so so well on this album particularly as yeah, well there's so absolutely. many so many good so ones. many organs and keys yeah. and piano loops I just think he's, he's got that yeah. nailed really and that continues through as well because I think it's on Murder Music um, Watch Your Poison yeah. featuring Core Mega yeah, yeah. which is genuinely would be in my top five hip hop records mm-hmm. of all time which is a mental statement but the more I listen to it the more I'm just like this record's amazing and Cormega's verse on that is fucking yeah. amazing um, and what about that, Ho that, Gonna Be A Ho as well yeah oh, that tune is just <laughs> incredible probably do murder music next week yeah, should do. Should do. Um, yeah well so we mentioned like uh, Q-Tip's involvement I found a little bit of a, a story I thought was quite interesting but essentially the infamous was almost entirely self-produced by Havoc and Prodigy mm, right. um, with a little bit of outside help from Matt Life, Scott Free and Q-Tip who's actually credited as just the abstract which obviously is alias um, producer Matt Life later recalled Q-Tip's involvement stating Tip was very involved in the infamous from early on probably more than people know Tip was just a fan of theirs and I knew him from way back so he was really helpful giving them advice then he came in later in the sessions and said he'd help mix a couple of records then he ended up picking a couple of records they did to redo 
except for Drink Away the Pain, the songs that Tip produced were also a full song before he got to them. He liked the lyrics of those original songs, but he redid the beats. It was the same song title, same hook, same rhymes, just new beats. And I've heard that before, that basically, um, I think it was for Shook Ones, is that they had the had the beat, it might have been Survival of the Fittest, actually, I can't remember, but they had basically the instrumental, and Havoc wasn't happy with the beat and was going to throw it away. And, which is mental and then they basically convinced him not to do it and Q-Tip redid the drums right okay and then obviously like the drums on both oh. those records are just so punchy and like hard it's just you, you can't imagine them without those like beats yes yeah, but imagine like, what he was making if he was going to throw that away yeah fucking <laughs> unreal imagine what, he, like, what stuff he threw away mate exactly like it's mental and then yeah Havoc, later, Havoc later commented Q-Tip definitely bent his style a little bit to go with what we were doing like when Drink Away the Pain, you see him trying to get gangster with it. Like again, we, we spoke about Q-Tip when we did um, uh, what's it called um, their album yeah. Midnight Marauders. Yeah, yeah. And um, we spoke about what an incredible like musical genius like he is. Definitely. And that yeah. just shows you like Q-Tip like couldn't be like further away from Mob Deep. Very in much terms so. Of yeah. What he'd done Style. previously. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of Tribal Quest, but yet. Yeah, like what he added to those songs and made them like remarkable like yeah. it's amazing isn't it yeah totally well he's he's completely adapted hasn't he he's, you know, he's completely adapted a different style and yeah like any incredible like producer totally like, that's what they do yeah um, couldn't agree more mate where do because I find it amazing like when people talk about the greats in hip hop like Mob Deep don't seem to come up that much but yet they have like their back catalogue is fucking amazing like the infamous is a classic murder music hell on earth like yeah they're massive, like classics. Sure. They got classic records. Like Quiet Storm is like a street anthem. Yeah. People like love that record. Like they've got it all. Like I don't really understand why they never seem to be in the conversation. Like it's a bit, it's weird, isn't it? Like do you do you agree with that? Because like like if you say to most people like oh Wu Tang Clan, even if they're not into any hip hop at all, they know the name. Yeah. Now that's to do with all sorts of things like marketing. And all yeah, totally. Yeah, I was gonna say the the logo for start. Yeah. You know. But like Mob Deep are just they're not. Outside of the hip hop community, anyway, they don't seem to be that well. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with it, mate. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, search in my mind as to why that that could be the case. I mean, maybe their music was just that step too dark to be considered, yeah. you know, mainstream, and they very much so stuck to that style throughout their entire career. They kind of kept kept it as as real as they could, yeah, like, that's true. as as street reporter as they could, if you know what I mean. Whereas you know, perhaps other artists kind of progressed onto a more you know, mainstream sound. But, yeah. You know, Mob Deep are all in my mind. They're always like this kind of like grunge version of hip hop, yeah. which I love. Yeah. Um, but you could argue isn't necessarily accepted by the mainstream. Yeah, hip hop fans. Um, you know, that would be my. Mate, that's a it's a really it's a really fair point, and I think that that sort of is a good reason as to why hip hop has kind of gone the way it's gone in the mm. sense of like essentially all genres find the route to the money and then start going in that direction. Sure. So when hip hop came out it was just like this is what we want to do. Yeah. And then there was like a, a kind of poppy element of it in like the late 70s where it was like more cheesy and trying to make money. Mm. And then it went sort of gritty and grimy again in the late 80s and, and 90s and then there was a, a definite split where like artists knew if, if you work with the right R&B singer mm-hmm. and do a verse you'll sell more records than if you make sure. grimy shit and do a whole album yeah sure so it started to go that way and I think Mob Deep that's probably one of the reasons I respect them so much is they they, they make what I would regard as real hip hop yeah, and sure. they never they never really flat even when they were doing stuff with like G-Unit and 50 and stuff they were still still <laughs> gritty they like, still kept yeah kept was, their uh, style didn't they yeah it was still still better than like 90% of the rappers totally. that were out there totally. making, making pop shit um so yeah, Mob Deep, like in terms of hip hop history for me, I, I would put them well up in the mix because mm. I, the more as I've got older, the more and more I listen to all their material. I just find it really hard to find people that I can listen to more than them. Mm. Like they're so to me, they're so listenable and they've got so many albums and like even when they're working with other producers, like the stuff they did with Alchemist, like Win or Lose and win or like lose, the Realist. Yeah, yeah. Well, win or Lose, wow. It's a fucking. Incredible tune. It's, it's amazing, mate. It's one of my genuinely one yeah. of my favorite, my favorite yeah. tracks. It's a banger. It's such like, a tune. Um, is that track on the Infamy? It's called uh, the Burning. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking tune as well. Yeah. Like, it's just so many bangers, mate. Um, so yeah, they'd be well up there for me personally. Um, 
what are your like top duos in hip hop? Because like Mob Deep, like just a just a twosome is pretty phenomenal. Is there anyone else that you'd put in the mix there? Mm. You might have to. Might have to give me a minute, mate. Well, um, I'll, I'll put my case forward like Gangstar. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like just a, a producer, a DJ, and a, and a rapper. Like yeah, yeah. Guru. And I'm sure, we'll, again, we'll definitely do a Gangstar album because Gangstar are fucking crazy and, sure. and premieres just ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I think those two would like, would be amazing mm. in terms of like, you know, Guru was, his style was so definitive. Like, you can, sure. he's so recognizable. Yeah, yeah. You got Preem Beats, like, you basically got the best producer. Yeah, definitely. With an amazing rapper. Like, it's a really, really good combo. Such a good combo. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm just thinking Neptunes. Um, yes, fair. You know, uh, what else? Outcast. Yeah, Outcast is a great shout. You know, I like Outcast a great shout. Yeah, as like mentioned earlier, it would be great to get into an Outcast album actually. But yeah, yeah um, I you know, I mean, they're probably the list. This could potentially go on, but they're yeah. the ones that kind of jump into my mind straight away. Yeah. Man, um, I think Outcast is a really, it's a really good yeah, shout because yeah. what they've done for the South is is. Absolutely. you could argue is as important as what Definitely. Deep have done and, and maybe more so in the sense of really elevating that whole region of the, the US mm. um, which is yeah it's pretty amazing um, mate, do you have any favourite like lyrics or favourite verses from um, the infamous that spring to mind none that really spring to mind um, you know I could just like everyone who love, loves hip hop you know can recite shook ones all day long yeah um, but Survival of the Fittest, the opening lyric, yeah, um, which I which I love. Oh, you've got it in front of you, mate. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a war going on outside. The man is safe from. You could run, but you can't. You can't hide forever. Um, from these streets that we done took. Yeah. And with your head down, scared to look, you shook. Which, that's was, where they which take, is what we yeah. used. Yeah. When they take the hook. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, it just lyrically brilliant. Yeah. The whole lot. So. Yeah, mate, totally. That um. Yeah, that for, that first verse of Survival of the Fittest is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said before, on um, Give Up the Goods, uh, Big Noids, <laughs> it's just fucking... Honestly, listen to Give Up the Goods and wait for the Big, no- Big Noids bit when he comes in. Yeah. It is just savage. Like, it just comes in, it just cuts through the track so sharp. And it just, like, yeah, just, like, makes you feel so pumped. Like, it yeah, just, yeah. And it's almost like... Like I said, it's like a bit old school. Like it's the R A double P E R N O Y D. Brothers can't fuck with me. Pushing the infinity, coming straight from QB. Like it's just old school, but it just sounds amazing. Great. Um, yeah, it's wicked. So I love that person. Like I said, the whole album is amazing. You can listen to all those tracks, and it's like storytelling, but you still just got punchlines in there. It's really, it is amazing. Yeah. Sure. Um, what do we reckon this like the impact on hip hop's been from this album? Um, I think at the time considering their first album was considered a bit of a a bit of a flop i think at the time it's really interesting if you read some of the read some of the quotes from prodigy and have it they kind of thought that they were going to be facing that same situation again with this particular album yeah um and obviously it didn't work out in that way but you know, I mean, at this point in time, mate, we're talking about '93. There was a hell of a lot of great material out there, and probably it was slightly lost in the malaise of all of that at the yeah. time, considering the flop of their first album. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's leg it's legacy stuff now. Yeah, I mean, man. you look you look back at every single track now, you listen to every single track, and you just think, wow, like it's such an incredible piece yeah. of music. So, you know, I think to summarise, I think at the time, probably not that bigger deal yeah. now it's um, Hall of Fame yeah definitely. it's mad that we like say that about so many of these albums like their record sales at the time were just okay like yeah. that just went gold yeah it was like that's eh, okay um, which is fucking frightening considering like how amazing it is but you're, you're right mate like hip hop now we can we can look back and sort of look at it and go well this is the golden era where does it stand in the golden mm. era but at the time it's like you know there was so much good stuff out there yeah mate, sure yeah. Um, and then obviously like you know Prodigy uh, passed away a couple of years ago now. Um, again, he's he, for me. He's one of those that I often forget about how fucking good like he was as a rapper. Sure. And you know he's typically in terms of how they structure their songs, he's typically the first verse. Yeah. And his verses are just they're the ones that have become iconic. Yeah, sure. You know, there's a war going on outside. No man is safe from like it's like his verses seem to be the ones that are there. Absolutely. Um, Agreed. 
and I think that he's like his his legacy again shouldn't be forgotten because I think really he was quite brilliant in terms yeah. of his like delivery and his flow and his wordplay. Like the guy was amazing. Oh mate, absolutely. Yeah, R.I.P. You know, he's one of the one of the real um, you know standout artists in hip hop. Yeah. Full stop. You know, again, just has that element of um, you know so noticeable, um, so iconic, but. You know, at the same time, I don't. I think it was more about his, like, formation, like the way he put verses together. Yeah, that the, I find is the most recognisable thing about him. Yeah, his rhyme schemes. Definitely, it wasn't a standout voice as such. If you know what I mean, it didn't yeah. have like that. You know, recognisable voice, but his rhyme schemes, his rhyme patterns were just instantly recognisable. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think like for me, it's like rhyme schemes are one of those things that as an outsider like if you're not really interested in hip hop then you don't necessarily um, you know take it into detail of like what they're doing you're just hearing it essentially and just absorbing it and then the more you listen to stuff when you start going actually like to understand this a little bit better you you listen to it a bit closer and go that's like different to just rhyming the last word in a sentence with the last word of the next sentence and like there's there's one I think is a really good example not actually from this album but I mentioned it earlier um, What's Your Poison What's Your Poison and like his his first verse is a really like interesting take on like rhyme schemes it's like my rap tastes good in my mouth like deer park for your ears to list this you don't want to miss this done don't be a statistic keep your rhymes to yourself we make fools out of niggers and write shit that would certainly move your niggers peace to my summer villains with pink houses from Red Hook to QB you know the routine we need a movie to show how our life's so ill every summer in the projects we partied on the benches a few gallons of gin and Pepsi so it's like some of it doesn't rhyme it's just poetical it's so like, poetical but it's it? painting a picture like it's not necessarily like written so some rappers like they'll draw I know Rakim's like style is he like puts a like line bit of paper and he has dots where their rhymes have to be and what I like about this is it's so loose that that, that last line just doesn't go with anything it doesn't rhyme with anything but it it, it still works yeah. in the scheme like, it's and really that's, that's what stands out for me mate like there was like of course there were other rappers doing that but to me he yeah. just did that he was the best at that yeah. you know I mean what a poetical line every summer in the projects we parted on the benches a few, few gallons, gallons of gin, gin and, and Pepsi. Pepsi I mean that is like it's just I mean like you say mate it just like paints such a great yeah. picture you know and like it just like it just goes on remember party wars that was back in like 90 we used to roll always now we stuff dutches kids rushing what's your discussion yeah the niggas talk a lot of shit heard you on your tape frightened I fakes nothing fuck around and push the wrong button I dedicate my days to seeing you drip blood I'll always love Gambino and Scarface kill a black no man can fill your shoes now what's bad news it gets no worse so your niggas want to know about the turmoil like it's just Oh my god, it's yeah. fucking incredible! It's, um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, amazing. So yeah, I just like I wanted to just do a little nod to his wordplay and his rhyme schemes. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, you know. Yeah, R.I.P.P. Yeah. Absolute incredible ledge. Yeah. Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna answer your would you rather's and your questions Great. and all that gross <laughs> shit. We got some fucking weird shit as usual. Um, stick with it. Okay, so um, just before we get into like the sort of would you rather's. Um, Thelonious Filth just sent when we said we were doing this album he just sent me a message on Twitter just going apparently Keith Murray smashed Prodigy over the head with a stool please <laughs> reference this tar <laughs> uh, so T I did some digging mate and um, so I found this so Murray was a guest on Power 105's The Breakfast Club during the interview he was asked about uh, past physical altercations with other members of the hip hop community he talked about fighting Mob Deep's Prodigy outside the Tunnel Club uh, Tunnel Nightclub and it was over some lyrics that he felt were directed at him uh, basically he says I've seen them one day and Havoc said nah we ain't talking about you we can go up to Hot 97 and clear it up I said nah it's cool but then Prodigy is that one that kept talking and kept on talking said Murray so when I seen him in the tunnel we went outside they happened to be outside then he was like yeah it's time it's time I was like time time they started crossing the street so I'm thinking it's time to get busy so bang pow pow boom <laughs> he, hit the, he hit the ground jumped up started running I'm chasing him then my cousins and them beat his mans and them up. <laughs> so no mention specifically of a stool, but I mean you can use your imagination. I, I imagine that was fairly rascal fight. Yeah, um, I thought so. So yeah, so that's pretty funny. So according to Keith Murray, uh, they had a ruck with um, Mob Deep and, and brocked him up. So that's pretty pretty lulls. 
Um, just a quick reminder, uh, all the songs that we mention um, in like this podcast go onto a, a Spotify playlist. Um, it's called The Notorious Podcast Joints. So it's any of the ones that we mention, not just the albums that we cover, but if we go off on a tangent and talk about um, stuff, we'll, we'll put those in there. So um, you can find that, um, just go on Spotify and just search for Notorious Podcast Joints. Um, and this podcast is also available on Spotify, so you can listen to it on there if you want to. And it's available everywhere, Apple, Acast, everywhere you get your podcasts. So if you know people that are into their hip-hop and you think they'll enjoy it, please spread the word. Like, we'd really appreciate it. Um, and you can feel free to like rate us and all those nice review us and all those nice things to help us. That'd be great. Um, we've got a couple of other random questions and scenarios. Also, if you're not following us, follow us on um, on Twitter at the notorious P underscore O underscore D. And then you can follow me on um, Instagram and Twitter at the real John Bass, uh, J O N B A W S. Because on there, I, I post up like a, an opportunity for you to like pose us questions. So either just tweet me like random would you rather's on questions and stuff, and then we'll we'll read them out and give you the credit. Um, yeah, or suggest albums. Yeah, exactly. Um, that you want us to do. I mean, we're we're definitely open to suggestions. So yeah, you know, for sure. Even if you want to be on a podcast, you know why not? Yeah, just That's like it. make sure you're not a complete like idiot. Like if you're coming on in like you, you know we haven't had any yet have we well you're on here every week mate. <laughs> <laughs> like I walked into that yeah you did mate um, but yeah like yeah Gaz is right if you want to come on and you're passionate about an album and you want, want to talk about it and you think you can hang around with two like hip hop geeks for an hour and talk hip hop then we'd love to have you on so just reach out to us um, follow me I'll follow you back and then DM me and we'll, we'll sort it out um, okay so the first one we got it's a bit of a thinker so I'll, I'll give you a minute to, to go through with this one Gaz Okay, you ready? So, would you rather, for the rest of your life, every time you speak or write, you have to replace the word and right. with the words knob cheese? Okay. So that means like any emails you send, any time you would put the word and, you have to put the word knob cheese. Now, I guess if you're typing or writing, you could probably find a way around that, but it's even when you're speaking. So if you're like, oh, let's do the podcast, knob cheese, then go out. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So, like, anytime you'd use the word and, it comes out as knob cheese. Right. Or, for the rest of your life, uh, once a week for lunch, you have to have a knob cheese sandwich. <laughs> and it's my knob cheese, for the record. Oh, fucking hell. That's, uh-huh. made, it, that's made it a lot worse. <laughs> um, I mean, not that I have knob cheese, but I'll do, make an exception. You've got loads, mate. Smell it now. Smegma. Um... Mate, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I'm just thinking about like my professional career, mm. and that would be a disaster. I mean, you reckon? Yeah, that, yeah, that fucking ruin your life, mate. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the sandwich thing, mm. you know, it's only once a week. Yeah. Granted, it's for the rest of your life. Yeah. But I think. I would go with the sandwich. Yeah, I mean, so flip it around, so it's your knob cheese, like for me, to eat the sandwich. Um, it's the same thing, mate. I mean, you, I mean, you have you have to eat the sandwich because essentially your life is a normal, regular. So basically, you could have that sandwich just in your car at lunchtime. You could hold your nose, shove it down, ram it down your mouth, just knock back some like water and stuff afterwards, and mouthwash or whatever, and get rid of it. Oh, fuck, it's so bad, don't it? It's, mate, it's horrendous. The thought of it just gargling away in your gut, just smegma. And but I can't like imagine the amount of times you use the word and. Exactly. It would your job would you'd be fucked. Yeah. So so, so I'm taking the sandwich. Same, and I'd probably just get some like hot sauce. Yeah, you could put anything on it. Yeah, you can put ketchup on it. You, you can put just, ketchup. But the, the, you can't like take anything out. So you can't like you know putting ketchup in and some of the, the knob sure. cheese falls out. No, it has to, the full complement of knob cheese is in there. Sure. Um, think, think. What I'm saying is, like, think of a um, an egg and cress sandwich. That amount of egg is the knob cheese. So, but one person wouldn't produce. No, well, obviously, but you'd have also to, it would what, be a combination. It would be from a, a, a load of people, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but we're just saying it's like that. A load of blokes. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. It makes it worse in a way. It does, yeah. Cause it could be like some. Scruffy, like... Like wrong-uns, yeah. Exactly. Like, just, yeah. So, oh, I'm still going for yeah. it. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a would-you-rather for a reason that's fucking gross. Um, but right. yeah, I think you're right. Let's In, move on to the next one before yeah. I throw up. <laughs> so this one's a little <laughs> bit lighter. Um, would you rather have Cadbury's fingers for fingers 
or marshmallow teeth for teeth? I'd go for the Cadbury's fingers. Would you? Yeah, because otherwise, every time you'd have to only consume like soft stuff, because otherwise, every time you like chomped, it would all like, do you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, yeah. your teeth wouldn't be teeth. But mate, they'd just all like fold. But you're talking um, about biscuit hands essentially, because they're just that thin biscuit. And if you ever like, if you ever drop a packet of Cadbury's fingers, they're fucking shattered to bits. Yeah, they do. It'd be like Mr. Glass. Yeah, and also if you were a burglar, you'd leave like chocolate fingerprints everywhere you you went which mm. would be a bit of an issue like you could you couldn't like because it would just melt wouldn't it? yeah exactly well that's the other thing and you couldn't go anywhere without leaving like chocolate prints that's behind. the other thing mate the summer yeah your fingers just gone your finger well no because you've got biscuit underneath that's true that's yeah and that, that would true. stay but imagine firm. your skin just melt and you had the bone underneath that wouldn't be nice would it same thing really it's like that's your skin essentially the chocolate yeah it's just melting off but you know it's kind of you can you can actually eat them as well couldn't you yeah so that is one good thing if you were stuck on a desert island and your fingers were Cadbury's fingers you wouldn't starve you're straight away you're yeah. over the moon yeah um, marshmallow for teeth I'd probably go for that if I'm being honest mate because essentially you can function a normal life you can drink liquidised food and talking's the issue isn't it Talking in, yeah, he's going to be a big. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that is shit, but then you at least you could type, like get one of those little, like, dictaphone things that you type in and it speaks it. What, like, Stephen Hawking? I have marshmallow teeth, I can't talk properly. Do you think Stephen Hawking had marshmallow teeth? (laughs) Yeah, it was fine. He just had marshmallow teeth. (laughs) Yeah, the first guys. Okay, well, um, look, thanks very much for listening. Um, like I said, if you don't already follow us, Twitter, uh, NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. Um, follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. Um, also got um, Hold You Downs available on Spotify now as a podcast. Uh, it's a real hip-hop show for real hip-hop heads. Um, it's available as a podcast, but essentially it's just like a mixed hip-hop show, so you can listen to them in any order, whenever you like. Mm. Um uh, they used to be on a, a radio station a brilliant station called Pulse 88 I've had to leave there just because of work commitments but it's a great station so keep listening to, to the shows uh, that are on there um, I'm going to keep doing Hold You Down um, from home so I'll upload some just as and when um, so keep keep your eyes peeled for that and Probably also get some more deep on there for definite um, you can follow me on Mixcloud as well I'll put all my mixes on there um, Gaz you put your mixes on Soundcloud is that right? yeah I do mate I haven't done one for ages actually and cool. I need to sort it out I'm looking at my um, my DJs now thinking yeah I yeah. need to I need to get something out there Yeah. what's your um, Soundcloud mate? Um, it's just uh, Gary Marina Gary Smudge sorry Gary Smudge um, Twitter is Gary Marina 07 um, and my Soundcloud is Gary Smudge Um yeah, I need to I need to get a new mix out, yeah. so watch out for that. Get the mix out. So yeah, Gary Marina 07 and at the Real John Bass. Follow us, and like I said, if you've got suggestions, like holler at us. And if you want to get on the pod and, and do an album, definitely let us know. Um, we can either record in London or sort of um, Stevenage, Hertfordshire sort of area. Um, or if you've got a really nice house with like a pool and a jacuzzi, we'll come to you. Let's do that. Yeah, we'll bring the carver boss mm. um, that'll be really nice and a nice pack of Cadbury's knob cheese sandwiches knob cheese sandwiches and Cadbury's fingers mm. um, thanks for joining us uh, and get ready for the next episode you little pigs peace this is notorious P.O.D the name's John Bass on this M.I.C I brought a couple man alongside of me I got Gary Roy Smith in a place to boot we got murder stats and guests galore You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it Peace